You want to be hardcore. You want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm your designated host, Adam, and they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Uh, let us drink till thine asses are drunk. <laughs> and this is Scott. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always drink. I'm a little flustered now because we've been fucking around with technical <laughs> issues for the last hour. I had to update my damn router. I had to go find a cable that I didn't even know I had. Um, it's been... It had to be a crescent moon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to go. I got a new computer, so that threw some things off. But then it was like the FaceTime was dropping out and all this shit. So I'm a little thrown off. That's why I forgot my fucking catchphrase. Excuses, excuses. I had COVID last month. Like, let's just throw everything out there. What? Uh, also, joining us for this episode, Eddie said that Carissa has things to say. So therefore, she's with us. Hello. I had... All this time with the technical difficulties to think of a catchphrase, and I still didn't do it. Still didn't. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Carissa, it was actually buy a fucking shirt. Yeah. I I, I thought we had discussed this. (laughs) Well, I feel bad yelling because people have been buying shirts, so. Yeah. I know. I know. The beatings are working. Oh, yeah. We're beating the... You just have to continuously do it. Exactly. Until morale approves, the beatings will Ah. continue. Yes. And here's a serving. Make sure that you head over to whatamaneuver.net, get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and onesies for the Drunk Mark and Drunk Mark minis, or Drunk Marquette minis as well, whether they come in 6 or 12 pack. And if you have them coming in 6 or 12 pack, you are very fertile. But but you want to uh, make sure that uh, you're showing off the Drunk Wrestling History logo on your chest, loud and proud, so that you can walk the walk and talk the talk like a true Drunk Wrestling Historian. That's winamaneuver.net. Buy a fucking shirt. Buy a fucking shirt. And while you're on shirts, um, this is take two of this podcast, and on the first one I put this guy over, and I'm gonna do it again right now, because no one's gonna hear the first take. Um, Thomas Gare, I believe it's pronounced Garing or Jaring, Garing. Um, he bought a shirt. He, he is bought in, a fucking shirt. He's in Cleveland, and he also offered to buy us a drink if we're ever in Cleveland, which we probably will be some someday, or I will. Chris and I will. Um, he also listened to every episode of the podcast. He found us, I forget, I think the American Badass episode went back and played every episode. Um, he loves us. He bought a shirt, and he said he might have to buy a couple onesies. Oh, so that's awesome. Thank you, Thanks, Thomas, dude. for that, and uh, I look forward to hanging out with you in Cleveland. Thank Gering, you very Gering, much. Gering, drunk. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got his own theme song. Garing, you, Garing, 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 Garing. you buy a shirt, we'll make a song about you. That's the WrestleMania 31 uh, theme song. Yep, Cleveland rocks. Thank you. Cleveland All right. is cool. I really enjoyed it there. Me too. Yeah. Uh, you also have uh, drinks in hand. What do we have today? I'm doing a shot of tequila. 
um, Alto's Tequila. It's my second one because it's our second take on the show. <laughs> um, and it's been so much fucking around, I was losing my buzz. And I'm drinking 805 Cerveza, which is I first had the other day. Uh, it's really good. And I'll probably end up opening another one of those during this episode. Nice. And I'm uh, keeps it real, blackened in water. I'm just drinking Jameson. Neat. Nice. Nice. And I've got Shasta root beer. <laughs> <laughs> your, fav- your favorite uh, beer, root. Root. <laughs> Are you eating anything this episode? I'm not. You should have been eating pussy for this episode. God, God damn. damn it. Fuck. Dude. Yeah, well, this is going to be a <laughs> this is gonna be a fun one. I so. would love to. <laughs> we all know Adam doesn't eat pussy. He eats ass, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's a gentleman. In- <laughs> Scott said it. I can rim like a motherfucker. Please. <laughs> I want- <laughs> That's the word on the street. <laughs> he eats the booty like groceries. <laughs> it's like the one thing I haven't eaten on this show. Oh dear! <laughs> oh my god! God damn it! The year is young, dude. And you, t- you keep telling me the drunk wrestling history T-shirt will get me laid. Come on, man! Oh, they're lying to you. <laughs> I wear it every day. <laughs> well, why don't you get seven in- of them? Why don't you get into what we're talking about and um, that joke will make sense to everyone. Yes. Anyone who didn't uh, pay attention to the. Uh, title of the episode yeah if you just blind clicked around congrats you found this i assume i, I assume most yeah. people just hit play without even looking at it every friday yeah, they fuck around to find out <laughs> yeah so for i always look at episode titles on podcasts even ones that i listen to every week i don't all right i don't listen to podcasts good talk yeah not even this one <laughs> <laughs> not even this one <laughs> I do two of them I listen to zero yeah <laughs> for this week's episode this is uh, springing up because of recent news good and bad uh, because it does feel like the end of an era uh, someone who has created an empire uh, TV productions have never been the same and maybe uh maybe uh, some bad things uh, have happened along the way but either way we are talking about no. the man the myth the legend the controversial disgusting old man that he is and the now retired chairman of world wrestling entertainment Vincent Kennedy McMahon. The cocksmith, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, noted cocksmith. (laughs) That's on his business card. (laughs) Former CEO, current cocksmith. Yeah. He usually sticks out of the wall because that's a bigger business card. (laughs) So he's he's had a bit of a fucking couple months recently, hasn't he? Dude, 2022 has been quite the year for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> yeah, he was having a great time until just recently. It seems. Yeah, he was winning matches at WrestleMania. He was having quite the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. He had the paralegal in the, you know, in front of the dinosaur. <laughs> Finished on the Dusty statue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you said on one episode that he filled in Dusty's blotch. I was thinking <laughs> he probably actually added a blotch. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that don't come out. That doesn't yeah. come out. You can't clean that off. Yeah. 
So we're going to talk about Vince. So we the day the story broke, which I guess it'd be about two weeks, two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. I forget. Today's the uh, August 10th. Well, it was like the week before SummerSlam, which was yeah. in July, weirdly. Yeah. So it was around the 25th or of July. Yeah. So two and a half-ish weeks ago is when the story yeah. broke. And that was on a Friday after market close, which was clever. Um, Scott, I texted you right away and said, what do you think of doing an emergency episode tonight? Like we did with the Lars situation. We felt yeah. that we felt that this wasn't as big of a news story as the Lars situation was. <laughs> well, <laughs> holding par for the show, like, of course, we find out Lars does porn. It's our show. Of course, that has to be breaking news. But Vince retiring, which is the biggest wrestling story ever, really. Yeah. That didn't warrant. You were the like, show. "No, we can hit pause on this." Yeah, no. By the time they hit, by the time by the time you guys are listening to this, it's been like a month. Dude, <laughs> Lars was like an hour and a half. <laughs> Lars had dick going in that immediately warranted a show, <laughs> but Vince walking away from wrestling was like, "Nah, we'll wait a minute. We'll dude. get, it's, we'll get it's to it cool. when we get to it." Yeah, we'll get. <laughs> Vince can wait. Yeah. What's the rush? <laughs> but, but I'm glad we... Lars Dick going in, dude. We had to do a show. <laughs> we were in fucking San Diego on vacation, and we had to do a show. Yeah, we interrupted our vacation. Yeah. So, but I'm glad we did. I'm glad we. I'm glad we did put this off until now, because so the reason we decided to put it off, well, because it would be funny to put it off, um, and have Lars be the only, you know, just have that president where he's the only one who gets his own emergency <laughs> podcast. He he also got two of them because Chris and I did one in Tahoe. Yeah, I was just gonna say, didn't me and you do a back, YouTube thing or he, something? Yeah, yeah, you did your one, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Um, and you also uh, made an Apple pen of him. I I made an Apple yes. pencil of him, and I forgot about that till yesterday. I tweeted a picture of the laptop, and DJ responded about that and said, it's not as cool as when you got your Apple pencil engraved. I was like, that oh. That was the only one I have to send back. Had to send back, yeah. yeah. So um, let's just take some quick notes. Lars has two special episodes and an Apple pencil. Yeah. <laughs> and Vince had his episode postponed three weeks after he fucking walked away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After the biggest promoter of celebrate. all time quit. <laughs> so if you're new to the show, that's the maturity level of the show. You're welcome. <laughs> Enjoy. So part of why we decided to put it off was we figured like, let's, I was like, you know what? Let's do a proper Vince McMahon episode. We've done like the Brutus Beefcake episode and Scott Hall and all these people. We've never done a proper Vince episode. We did do a Vince failures episode. Yes. Where we talked about all of his other endeavors that were disasters. Um, but we've never done and one about him. They're so. probably going to come up again in this because um, those yeah, are some part of his Maybe a little bit, but life I don't and think career. But yeah, we're still going to cover more. Yeah. But guaranteed this stuff would have made that Vince Failures episode for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. This would have been, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could go back and record that, huh? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what I wanted to do is I wanted to go into everybody knows that he's was the biggest promoter of all time. He's the guy. I'm assuming most people listening to this understand that there was the old territory system. He consolidated them all, well, basically ran them all to business. The balls on that guy. Yeah, like he didn't just make the biggest company. He also just completely changed the landscape of wrestling promotions in general. Well, he trampled over kind of like the written rule is you didn't invade territories. Like mm -hmm. everybody was kind of watching out for the other's pocketbooks. Like, okay, we're going to let you have that region. This is our region. Let's agree to not fuck around. I thought Vince that a bunch of people tried that. They just failed. Vince was the only one. Yeah. That so I'm going to, I, I want to get into that because there was a lot. He was not the first one to try doing that. Um, But just to go back to the beginning really quickly, born in North Carolina. Somehow he didn't have a North Carolina accent. 
I don't know if he learned to get rid of that or what. Um, but mm. he just he just has like a general American accent like we do, um, which is kind of interesting because he was born in North Carolina and spent so much of his time in, you know, New York and uh, Connecticut. But I'm fascinated by accents. So I kind of zoomed in on that. He did not meet his dad until he was 12. Did hmm. you guys know that? Uh, well, read it. Yes. Okay. In, in reading. But so then, so yes. then, so that, well, I didn't ask you if he told you personally. <laughs> That's the answer to the question. Yes, we knew that. Okay. Um, he wanted to be a wrestler and senior was like, fuck that. He, ends up going to, he goes to military school in Virginia. And then he comes and works for senior in 1969. Um, I didn't realize until I started doing some research. It was that early on. I thought it was like the early 70s, but he was the ring announcer starting in 1969. So this dude had 53 fucking years working in wrestling. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't realize he went that far back yeah, until doing yeah. some reading just for this specific episode. Yeah, I didn't realize he was in the game that long. Me either. Yeah, I thought it was a few years less. You know, I thought it was, you know, close to 50. Which, I that I might be a record. I don't know if anyone's had... 50, I mean, like Gypsy Joe, I guess, who wrestled till he was like 95. <laughs> until um, New Jack went and fucked him up. Yeah, until New Jack retired his ass. Um, <laughs> I would also feel like as a ring announcer, maybe it's like, yeah, you're getting getting your feet wet in all the aspects and he's really developing his own personality. Whether he's going to be in front of a camera or in a ring or not, he, he now has a personality that could... Uh, uh, yeah, sway his decision making as he moves forward. Right, right. He kind of became, yeah, exactly, a personality. Um, when for his dad not to allow him to be a wrestler too, I think that what kind a way of to forced overcome. him. Yeah, uh, for sure. But that kind of forced him into some other avenues that I think obviously served him better moving forward. It absolutely did because, like, look, we've seen him wrestle a million times. He's not exactly Joe fucking athlete. Well, of course dad- not. He can't even get into a ring without shattering his quads. <laughs> <laughs> What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say that. Yeah, it was his dad like, no, because you're going to get hurt. No, I think it was just like his dad knew how wrestlers' lives were. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's not it's not easy, especially well, back especially then. especially back then, you couldn't be like a John Cena. Right, you right. Know? Yeah. There was no possibility of that. Right. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're going to have to go wrestle in Halifax for fucking 25 bucks a night. Right. You know, right. Stuff like that. Yeah. So that was his whole issue, which you would think, I guess he didn't want to do it that badly because he could have gone somewhere else, but. You know, he was like, nah, okay, I'll listen to dad. You don't go against the family. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, he So by 71, he was doing play-by-play, and Vince Sr. gave him uh, Bangor as a city to promote. So, like, he would have a different promoter and every, you know, Vince was the overall promoter, but his different cities, he would have a local promoter who would be in charge of booking the show, advertising it, blah, blah, blah. Vince was in charge of Bangor, so that was his first foray, if you will, into promoting. Um, he also promoted the Ali Anoki fight, which was a complete financial disaster. I didn't know that he was involved in that. Uh, to this day, I had no, until I did the reading for this episode, I had no idea he had anything to do with that match. Yeah, yeah. And I think by promoting, he was like a local promoter. Like he would have gone and booked movie theaters for the closed circuit, you know. Okay. Like he wasn't the guy that made the fight happen, but he was like a local promoter. Same as he was in Bangor. Um, okay. He also promoted the Snake River Canyon jump, which is completely nuts. The evil Knievel the jump? The evil Knievel, yeah. The evil Knievel snake the fuck? Yeah, he was involved really? with that. Yeah. He's a true fucking carny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a movie, carny, right? dude. Yeah, uh, maybe he'll crash into the river and die. I don't know. Let's, let's see. <laughs> That's good TV, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, evil Knievel was like the OG McFoley. 
Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah. He still had nothing on Super Dave, but that's a whole different story. Well, yeah. No, Super Dave would be like um, Vic Grimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so then when he starts really getting serious, he bought the Cape Cod, Cape Cod Coliseum um, on Cape Cod, obviously. Um, he took over the mortgage. He didn't buy it outright, but they were losing money and the guy who owned it just wanted to get out of it. So he's like, dude, just give it to me and I'll cover the mortgage. So he just took it over that way. And he started, it was losing money at the time, but he started booking WWE shows there. So he kind of turned it profitable. He was also, he also had hockey um, games there, shit like that, concerts. So he became the owner of his actual own Coliseum. He had it for a few years. Um, he bought the WWE in 82. And so you know what the story is, right? With him buying it. Uh, as far as the payments go and everything. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't read that part. Oh, you've never heard. I just would assumed you would have just known. I thought you just kind of had heard this. No, fill us in. Okay. Um, so his story has always been, so he bought it from, so the owners of the company at the time was his dad, obviously, who owned the majority of the shares. Gorilla. I don't know if I brought this up before, but because you one time asked how Arnold Scollin had enough money to cover Nature's bar tab in London. Um, <laughs> Scollin was a part owner. Okay. And Phil Zacco, who was the like treasurer, owned part of it. Now, quick question. Were they still part of the NWA at this point or had they already broken off? You know, I wish I had that in my notes. I think they left the NWA like the year before. Okay. I was going to say, I thought they split off in like 80 or 81. Yeah. I didn't know if they were still apart when Vince bought them. And then as soon as Vince got it, it was like, fuck you guys. But I think you're right. I think it was before the purchase. I think it was just the, before. Yeah. They, they had broken off from them twice. They broke off in, I think, 63 when they made Bruno Champ. Yeah. And then they were separate till like the early 70s, like 10-ish years. And right. then they were back with him for about another nine, ten years. So I think they just recently split up. But Senior was still part of the NWA. Like, he was on the board. Okay. Um, still. He still went to the meetings every year um, until he died, basically. Well, he retired from it because he was had cancer. Okay. Um, so Vince's story has always been he bought it for a million dollars. And he had to make quarterly payments to those four guys. And if he missed a payment... Ownership of the company went back to them and he didn't get his money back, which sounds like ballsy as shit, right? Totally. But it's really wasn't. This is kind of Vince spinning, you know, spinning things in his favor. The company was making. Exactly. Yeah. Or, yeah. Promoter, wrestling promoter. They make totally. everything seem bigger and, you know, um, so he made the financial risk seem bigger. Um, the company was making like $4 million a year at the time. So he bought a company that makes $4 million a year. And had to pay a hundred, uh, pay, pay a million dollars from the profit they were making over that, over one year. So he had to give them a quarter of the earnings that they were making. He also had to upfront pay about half of it. I think I had the exact dollar amount, but I don't have it in front of me. But he paid about half of it upfront. He sold the Cape Cod Coliseum, kind of liquidated all of his assets, gave them half of it upfront. So now he's got to pay half a million dollars over a year using the income of a company that's making four million a year. Okay, and so this that, is 1982, so this is three years before the first WrestleMania. Yes, this is 82. Um, so, to go more into um, how much money and how little of a financial risk this really was, right away he's like, I'm going to L.A. Because um, he's immediately starts trying to expand the company. So, and he's in, supposed to be in like New York, like that's his territory is New York. So he would have had basically um, D.C. up to Boston, or up to, up to Maine, I'm sorry, and over to Pittsburgh was his territory. 
Oh, so he's going all the way across the U.S. Yeah, and he's going to start knocking down some doors. Yeah, and there were a couple spots that he didn't have, like in that area, like he didn't have bits of Ohio and bits of upstate New York. But yeah, he had the all the, most of the big towns were his. Okay, um, so he right away he's got a site set on site set on L.A. because it's the second biggest market, and the territory there was in bad shape. Um, who ran that territory? Do you Mike know? Mike LaBelle ran it. Okay. Who I wish I had a shot in front of me. Mike LaBelle's brother, Judo Jean LaBelle. Jean LaBelle, okay. Died today. And oh, shit. Judo well, Jean LaBelle is awesome because he once that. choked Steven Seagal out and made him Tessa in his pants. <laughs> what the hell did you just say? It's like, <laughs> awesome. It. I know, what? it's awesome. Yeah. 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 Jean LaBelle. Is this like a myth? Or... No, I think it's real because Gene LaBelle, I read an interview with him where he like didn't deny it and definitely made it sound like it definitely for sure happened. Yeah, but did Stevens, you know, I mean... I don't know if Stevens Gall... He's Stephen's never going like, to cop to that. Fuck no. Well, you know what though? Every person living on the planet has an I shit my pants once story. I don't even think anybody could trump Stephen Seagal's. Like, he's like, and, and I and once got what? choked out by Gene LaBelle. Yeah, it would happen to any of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, that's a good story, dude. If I had one, I, that's the one I would use. No, there's no shame in that. Absolutely not. <laughs> so his brother Mike ran the territory. It was in terrible shape. So um, Vince bought the territory from him and like a video company that LaBelle and Vince Sr. ran that they never never really made any money off of um, for 520000 He paid him... Uh, Maybe my math's fucked up. Maybe it was a little more. He paid him $2,000 a week for 10 years. Um, I think he put 520000 up front. Okay. Someone, someone fix my math if it's fucked up. But he paid him $2,000 a week for 10 years. Math and alcohol, to, everyone. To acquire that territory. <laughs> I'll do it. What was it? Uh, $2,000 a week for 10 years. He also... Um, 240k. Show your work. Wait, two thousand dollars a week yeah. for ten years? Yeah. Oh, a week. Oh, I'm sorry. Two thousand dollars a week no, for ten years. Like a, a little over a million dollars. Yeah. Okay, I thought my number was wrong. Yeah. So he paid him God a little over damn. a million. Yeah, I think a million forty. It's one million forty. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um. So in addition to that, he paid KCAL TV twenty five hundred dollars a week for Saturday for a Saturday morning time slot. Because what good is a territory if you don't have TV, especially if you're from out of town? Yeah. So exactly. boom, huge money. He's investing right away. And later on claiming that it was such a huge financial risk and he, you know, there were, there was a chance he wouldn't have been able to make the payments, you know? So that's because his dad, his dad ran a great territory in the North, in the Northwest. He had all those, there's so many major cities over there, you know, it was almost hard to lose money over there, especially, you know, Backlund was still a huge star at the time. Right. Um, he also had, um, being in New York, they got a lot of magazine coverage because the magazines were based out of New York. I think I've talked about this before. So like Pro Wrestling Illustrated, those types of types right. Of they were yeah. based out of New York, so a lot of the times those guys would they would get more attention in the magazines. So they had a bit more of a national footprint just by virtue of being based out of New York. Okay. Um, so to get back to what Carissa mentioned earlier, he was not the first to invade a territory. He was just the first one to go as hard as he did against so many guys at one time and pull it off. Um, it actually happened a lot. So I recently, I've mentioned this, I've recently read The Professor by Rock Rims, which is about the San Francisco Territory. Roy Shire came which in... This is the fastest he's ever read a book. Probably. <laughs> um, Roy Shire came in, started that promotion. There was already an NWA territory here run by a, go a guy called Joe Malkowicz. Shire came and put his ass out of business right away. And 
the NWA didn't even really, they weren't even really able to stop him. Um, but the, so there's the whole thing where the NWA would gang up on outlaw promoters and try and just do everything they could to push him out. By this point, there'd been a class action, not a class action lawsuit, but a uh, antitrust suit by the government against the NWA. And it kind of limited their ability. They got in trouble, kind of limited their ability to do what they were there to do. So Shire managed to put that dude right out of business. Then 20 years later, Vern comes along and puts Roy Shire out of business by coming into San Francisco. Okay. So just to use a local example here, this happened quite a bit. Um, So get back to Vince's era. Georgia is on WTBS. They have national TV. They get a lot of viewers in Ohio because cable penetration (laughs) was pretty solid. So they start running shows in Ohio, which would have been, I think, um, the Sheik's territory. So that was Oli. So Oli was already doing this kind of right before Vince. So... The whole idea. So this is a this is now this is the promoter spinning the story and saying Vince was so evil because he was the first guy to do this. He absolutely was not. Um, there were there were several other ones, but I'm gonna I won't get into those. Um, he was the first one to succeed. He was the first one to really cause a lot of damage, but a lot of people had tried this shit before. Um, he wasn't even the first one to have national TV because all he had WTBS. Joe Blanchard, uh, who ran out of ran shows out of San Antonio, had TV on. He had um. USA before Vince. Now, do you think okay. it was damaged, though? Or, I mean, was this a natural evolution? You know, like, do you think it would be better if there's still territories? It depends who you ask. Um, the argument for that is that there were a lot more people going to wrestling shows every week. There were a lot more wrestlers working. Yeah. So Right, right. But kind of the argument in favor of Vince is there are a lot more people who are making a lot of money. Yeah. You yeah. know? Like, nobody was making, even adjusted for inflation, like, nobody or next to no one was making the kind of money that Kevin Owens makes. Well, but you know? that tracks Not, with e- not even the top guy. Vince likes when only a couple people make all the money. No, no, I'm saying Vince pays his guys well. And it's <laughs> no, huge... I meant just being Vince. Oh. Being a billionaire. Right, 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 right. <laughs> he loves being, that model. Being, you know, friends with all those people. That's true, yeah. That is the billionaire mentality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, basically... He's, he's trying to take over all the territories. Some of them he invaded and just pushed the guys out. He did that in St. Louis uh, with Geigel. Other ones he bought. So he bought LaBelle's. He bought Stu's territory in Calgary. Okay. Um, what he, year did he do that? Do you know? I want to say that was 84. I think that was 84. Oh, wow. He bought them early then. Because yeah, Stampede well, was, was say- still a thing like late 80s, early 90s. No, no. I think it was 84. Because cause, well, cause Brett was there... Um, well, Brett came over there. Maybe it was 85. Maybe it was 85. But yeah, Brett but Stu was still running shows, wasn't he? No, Stu was done. Because, the it, you know, that was one of the territories that was in bad shape. Most of the territories he was able to buy outright were in pretty bad shape. And that was one of them. So Stampede was done in, like, 84? I think so. Maybe 85, but really early on. Yeah. No yeah, shit. And, then he, and he, what he would do with these guys is he would let them be the local promoter. So he did that with LaBelle. So LaBelle was in charge of promoting the L.A. shows and... A lot of times he would fill the shows. He, he'd bring in his own main event and, you know, uh, second main event. But a lot of the shows would have local guys, which kind of was part of that was to reduce costs. You don't have to fly guys across the country. So right. the Bell would get a bunch of L.A. guys. Stu would get a bunch of Calgary guys. But 
then guys started, well, you don't stay in Calgary for the monthly WWE show, you know. Right. So that right. only worked for so long. Um, he bought out Toronto around the same time, I think 84-ish. That okay. was after um, Frank Tunney died and the company was in bad shape. And uh, Jack Tunney and I can't think of his, I think it was his cousin. I think his cousin. I think Jack Tunney was Frank Tunney's nephew. So, okay. yeah, so he starts swallowing these companies up and going into business with them. Jack Tunney became the president of WWE Canada. So how okay. long did it take, like, start to finish for him to do this entire consolidation? It was a long time. It was over 10 years because oh, wow, he okay. called out. Because Memphis, when did Memphis uh, fold? And what were the Oosh. years? Dude, Memphis what? was still a territory until, like... Well, God, because wasn't uh, Lawler? He was still champion, right? Like he went so. to the AWA at some point, but that wasn't until like 1988, 80, 88, 89, when him and Von Erich had that unification match. That was when they started the um, the Pro Wrestling USA, right? Yeah. So God, I, I would say that uh, Memphis was still a thing up until 87, maybe even 88. I think it was later because. Um no, no, it was into the 90s, well into the 90s because... Oh, USWA. Yes, yeah, so that would have been like Jarrett, Lawler. Exactly. That's that, yeah, that ran to, yeah, I think until like 90. Because no, I think no, they no, folded. later, PG-13 came out of there. Out of the USWA? I think so, yeah. So USWA lasted longer than the AWA because AWA was yes. dead in like 90. Yeah, Memphis was kind of the one because Memphis was a really strong territory. They had, at okay. the time, in the, in the 80s, they had the best local TV ratings out of any territory. Okay. Um... They were just a really strong territory. And Lawler like is like a billion years old, but he was still pretty young back then, so he could still I mean he was like a god. USWA yeah, yeah, yeah. says defunct November nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Holy shit. Damn. Way late. And that would have been the last one Damn. if you don't count WCW, which kind of ceased yeah, to be and a it territory. Was, uh Kevin Von Erich eighty or owners, Jerry Jerry eighty nine to ninety oh, and then Jerry Lawler ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so 82 to 97 would have been him putting the territories out of business minus WCW. That's a huge span. Right. I mean, because the 97, you're already into like the Attitude Era and everything. Right. Right. Well, no, that's crazy because right. Lawler was part of the media or. Yeah, that's crazy. Monday Night and Lawler was working for the WWF in what, 93 is when he started there, I think? Yeah. I think 93. So he was, so he, he was doing both. So he oh. was double dipping. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. And oh. that was a deal that Vince just I'm made with Lawler. I'm surprised he made that deal. So what happened was in 84-ish, Vince went into Memphis trying to run a show. I don't think it was in Memphis proper, but I think it was a city around Memphis. He drew like 250 people. So they kind of immediately backed off. They were like, you know what? This might be the territory we can't okay. fuck with. Because there were a few. So a lot of them were really weak. Like I said, um, well, San Francisco was over. LA was weak. Calgary was weak. Toronto was weak. Um, St. Louis, there had been an outlaw promotion there that weakened them. And so a lot of those were pretty easy to take over. Even Florida wasn't in great shape once Dusty left. Um, okay. But there were a handful that were really strong. Those would have mostly been Memphis, AWA, and um, World Class. Right. Okay. Right. Those are the ones that hung on for a long time. And then Mid-South was in pretty good shape, too. So those were the guys who, put, who um, started Pro Wrestling USA. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to find in my notes to make sure I listed the exact ones, but yeah. it's... Well, I think Mid-South was done in, like, 85. They became the UWF. 
They ran for yes. like two years, and then they ended up just getting absorbed into WCW. Yeah, which is pretty much what you either got absorbed by one or the other. Right, you know? exactly. That's kind yeah. of what it became. Right, because Georgia was... So WCW was absorbing territories as well. They did a couple. They took over that. They took over central states, which we talked about on yes. that last WCW yeah. pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, which was, But I think, honestly, Mid-South was the biggest one that they got. Yeah. Because um, that produced Sting. So and, in my well, opinion, in that Georgia, the They got Georgia, too. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Which was did. a big okay. one. So, Good point, yeah. So what Georgia was an interesting one because Vince kind of out from under Oli's nose bought Georgia. Oli was running it, but Barnett, Rock Hudson's favorite uh, wrestling promoter. God damn it. And uh, the Briscoes were owners of it too. He ended up getting those guys. He got Barnett like an 82. He got him like right away. Okay. Then he got the Briscoes to sell him their part of the company, took control of the company. That's when he took over the TV time slot. He basically shut the company down. Took okay. over TV time slot. So now he's got, he already had USA, which he took over because um, Joe Blanchard could not pay for it. I think it was, I think Joe Blanchard was paying like 7,000 a week for it. Okay. And, uh, but he was running small shows in small towns other than San Antonio. So he couldn't afford it. Vince swooped in, took, took that over. So now he's got USA. He was already show. So that's, um, so he turned that into Tuesday Night Titans. Yep. He, he already had been showing shit on Monday nights, just matches from the garden. This before he made a primetime wrestling, but he had that time slot. Um, and then I think he ended up getting a third one later, but like soon later, not 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 uh, Livewire. <laughs> but then he gets fucking TBS because he takes control of Georgia. Oli yep. starts a new company. Vince ends up, can't get a fucking rating and gets in all these... Turner was pissed at him because he was supposed to show studio wrestling like Georgia did. He didn't want to do that because he felt like I feel that big arena shows are the way to go because it feels like a big time thing. Yeah, perception you know? is reality, dude, for sure. Like you watch and we've talked about this. You watch one of those old NWA shows Saturday mornings or Saturday afternoon. I love them personally because mm -hmm. I was watching wrestling no matter what. But you go back and watch it. That was a television studio. Then you turn on 10 a.m. WWF Saturday morning and you see these filled arenas. Like, of course, you're you're going to think the WWF is a way bigger deal than the NWA. Exactly. Yeah. So that was why that was his strategy in Georgia and it didn't work for him. So he ended up selling the time slot. He kept ownership of Georgia, but he sold the time slot to Crockett. And then, yeah, to get into the Crockett consolidating, he ended up buying, Oli started a new Georgia territory and then Crockett ended up buying that. And then okay. that's when Oli came up to work uh, work up at WCW. So Got it was it. all these different companies. And if you, I wish someone would make, if, if it's out there, I haven't seen it. I wish someone would make, have you ever seen those like time-lapse maps of Europe during World War II? Oh yeah, dude. I would love I yeah. want to make it. I would okay, you're making it. I would love it if someone would make <laughs> I think that would be fun. Yeah, like here's what the territories look like in 82. Here's what they look like in 83, 84. Because he was it was just like it was kind of like World War II. Like he's expanding in all these different directions at the same time, you know, just going right. everywhere. Like in Okay, every you city. do the research, you send it to me, I'll make the map. And make a GIF, an animated yeah. GIF. Well, you do that. Okay. <laughs> It'll get millions of retweets. Yes. Yeah. And it's been so, the most popular thing we've ever done. So ultimately, <laughs> he ended up absorbing basically everything, even like, I don't think, he didn't ever buy AWA, but they just went out of business. You know, it just got to the point where they just couldn't. And one of his main strategies was he would go get the talent from that territory. If the territory didn't want to play yep. ball, 
he'd go buy your guys and then he would come run shows in your town with those guys working on top. Yep. Which was shady actually... Is, I mean, it moves, sounds shady, but... but yeah, when you're looking to take over... It's giving them exposure they want. Yeah. Okay. Right. I want to go into Minnesota. I'll take Hogan and Mean Gene and Dr. D. Which, at the end of the day, is probably the biggest acquisition, right? Like, that Hogan. has to be... Yeah, that I think that's a no-brainer. Him grabbing Hogan from the AWA, that was... I mean, it wasn't necessarily the nail in their coffin. They win another, what, five years? Yeah, but they were not what they... They weren't what they could have been or what they should have been if they had kept them. Not even close. And then in the same fell swoop, you take Heenan and Mean Gene, who on 80s WWF television maybe had combined more screen time than Hogan. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Those were great gets because a lot of times you're thinking he just took all the talent, you know, ring talent... But he was grabbing characters. And yeah. I those three names, Okerlund, Heenan, and Hogan, that was 80s WWF. So right. that was a great get by Vince, not just to take the big name off the out of the ring, but two guys that were ringside as well. Genius move. Yeah. And he did that pretty much in every, you know, every territory he tried to break into. Or yep. he tried to anyway. He went into Florida and he couldn't get dusty. But that was sort of one of his main strategies was doing that. We didn't um, get dusty yet. <laughs> well, not yet. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, by, um, let me see, where was it? By 1984, they had gone from five live shows a week to 14 a week, and they taped four different TV shows. That's insane. So for different just, areas? For There were a couple that were for different areas. Yeah, they did an actual St. Louis show that was a St. Louis show. You know, it was just for the St. Louis market. Yeah. And then they did the, well, they did Tuesday Night Titans. Um, and then they did the syndicated shows. I'm having a really hard time not looking. Okay, so we're in the same room. It's like when you're at a wrestling show and you're watching the television. You're like, no, look at the ring. Look at the right, ring. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, by the end of 84, he was in 15 other territories and he was battling uh, promoters in 11 of them. So four of them he had taken over outright. And the other ones, it was still a fight. So Damn. that's up. So from 82 to 84, he went into 15 territories. Jesus. Man, and that is a battle plan. You got to think if he had like a map. And in how his many office, territories like were there? Like a war there? room. Oh, te- how many ter- uh 20 something, low 20s? Oh, so 15. I mean, there were a fucking of, lot. Yeah. Yeah, there were a majority. lot. I mean, just looking at the map, we have maps on our wall. I'm looking at those. Yeah, probably t- at least 20. Damn. There were a lot. I mean, there were a few that you wouldn't count. You wouldn't count Japan, you know. Um, but uh or Mexico. But um he did an interview with Sports Illustrated, and then we're going to jump ahead. I think I think we've covered enough of how he took over, and everybody knows everything in between. So I I hope hopefully some of this you guys didn't know, and uh, you learned something from us because we're an educational show. Um, I always thought that this was fascinating, even before I watched wrestling at all. Um, I thought that the way he took over and like the business like side of everything was so fascinating. I remember when I was in college telling you like. This should be a class, mm-hmm. like a business class based on his moves. Right. Totally. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not, it's not It's not Alaska Airlines buying Virgin. It's yeah. one it's airline buying them all. You know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, one territory to rule them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did an interview and they asked him about all the local promoters were mad at him. And he said, quote, they're mad at me because now they have to work for a living. Ooh. Oh wow! And what he meant by Burn. that is what he meant by that is these guys were just kind of fucking riding along, not really putting any work into their show, not trying to improve it, just sitting back, you know, and half-assing it because they were doing well and not really trying. So that's 
that was probably true with several of them, but I don't know that that was true with all of them. But and I think until the day he retired, he had that same work ethic, dude. Like, oh, totally. he never fucking stopped. No, I've never heard a person say that Vince has slowed down in the last few years. Yeah, he didn't even want to sneeze because that took time out of his work schedule. Well, no, I heard That's that over- he, oh, no. he would get mad if he or someone else sneezed because it was like a lack of control. <laughs> Which that seems insane. Which I, Eddie and I, maybe we'll get to this later, but Eddie and I are like, what is he doing now? Like, yeah. he must be going out of his mind. Right. Oh, like not working? Yeah, yeah. not working. Yeah. Like, he's never not worked. He seems to just love work. He's a workaholic. He's classic. So, you know? totally. right. yeah. So as of this recording, it's eight ten. Yeah, so right night. now, <laughs> it, uh, East Coast, it's eleven ten right now. He is probably pumping iron. Yeah, <laughs> and, because- and I guess he's lost access to the Titan Tower gym. <gasps> oh, because I read today that he hasn't been in the building since. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So. Well, you yeah. know he has like a crazy yeah. gym in his house. I'm sure. Oh, uh, he's got a condo. He lives in a condo. Um, he's got so- one of those workout mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he lives in that weird, super modern condo. Right, right, with the red walls and shit. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. He's got one of those mirrors. Um, you could change which paralegal shows up to But I'm sure it's a day. huge <laughs> condo with the gym. Right. So while I grab another beer, who wants to get into uh, what happened uh, just recently that we're here to talk about? Yeah, who wants to take that one? I'll do it. Go for Go it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fuck him up. <laughs> well, Here's raising please, him. Let's bring him uh, down interrupt let me make sure i have this right so just basically the news came out that um he had been sleeping with someone at his work and that was just the beginning right that's all you heard at first it was you heard that he um had paid he hired a paralegal okay so that all came out at once he yeah he was banging her when she quit he paid her three million dollars to just keep quiet about right but so i didn't think it came out till later that he actually he was sleeping with her before he hired her. No, I never heard that he was sleeping with her before he hired her, but he hired her for that for reason. that reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay. she didn't come, so she didn't come to them looking for a job. They didn't. She didn't respond to a uh, like he sought her out. He met her in his condo building. Okay, and I think he was like, you know what? I like to fuck. Do you like to fuck? You want a job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what. We'll we'll get into that later. Let's go bang at my place of or, work. I mean, I can start now. Whatever you yeah. want to like, well, lay the groundwork. Yeah, let's, yeah. Okay. And it turned out that she had like gone to legal school for like a semester or something. And he's like, ha! "You killed Adam, dude." <laughs> yeah, well, he's dying. Yeah, Adam is dying. Oh, Actually, he's way, writing that down as his pickup line. By the way, if things go well, the video of this FaceTime will be on YouTube, so you can see Adam laughing. Uh-huh. And you could see Carissa walking around earlier, and you could see me just get a beer. Uh-huh. And... I was getting water and peeing. Okay. Um, and because I'm hosting the FaceTime, or I'm recording the FaceTime, my screen is very, very small, so you guys won't see much of me. <laughs> If that but audio, anyway, if that audio clip doesn't, but you make can see me drinking a lot intro. and touching <laughs> <Yeah>. my hair. <laughs> so it turned out like she had gone to legal school or something, but like she wasn't an actual paralegal by trade. But he was like, "Oh, well, we'll give you a job as a paralegal. Damn it, hundred thousand dollars a year." Close, Do you so think the, it's called enough. legal Jesus. school or law? Sorry, <laughs> law school. Legal, the barely legal paralegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Thank you, Jimmy Cornette. <laughs> yeah, right. That was the greatest. When you said love of Bates should be, become the le- the barely legal paralegal. <laughs> oh It'd be way bigger than blue pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be over, brother. <laughs> so, yeah, that came out. Then a few days later or maybe a week later, it came out that this had happened with a few other um, people. I think it was four that it came out. And it was like... And I just read today that they're digging up some like... Uh, I don't know if it was a lawsuit or just complaints that had been filed because um, as far as this chick goes, as far as we know, it was completely consensual. Whether it was appropriate or not is a totally different story. But Totally not. There was nothing necessarily, you know, forced or anything happening. But um, there was some other complaints that maybe there was some sexual harassment. It's unclear. But, like, this, this investigation has unearthed other... Um, documents that have been filed within the company and that have then been settled. Yep. Yeah, this is a whole Pandora's so box we don't situation. Know. Like, the more right. they dig, it's like, oh, fuck. What, what's next? Yeah, so the way it came out was apparently the paralegal's friend, because the paralegal signed an NDA, and she seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, but from what I've seen, it seems like she was totally in on this, you know, like, cool with it and everything. Um, but she was also running her mouth. Was... She was running her mouth. She was talking. She was going to other people in the office saying, like, what a great relationship she and Vince have. Yeah, like it... she wasn't saying they were fucking, but she was definitely like, hey, you know, I definitely have no reason to be this close to Vince, but I am. Right. Wink. And you it, know, like... and it, got to, it got to the point where her supervisor had to come say, hey, could you please stop stop talking about you and Vince? Like it got really, you know, out of hand. And Damn. then she ended up getting transferred. Vince, at this point, had doubled her salary. So now she's making 200000 a year. Fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, she ended up getting transferred to, I think, to John Laurinaitis' department. So she was working <laughs> for him. And what's Johnny Ace do? Well, I guess I'll get my dick wet, too. <laughs> Which is like, wow, your understanding is that Vince was kind of done with her. So it's almost like he passed her off. Right. Yeah, Vince. <laughs> oh yeah. He's, goodness. He's like, yeah. I love Vince and I love his sloppy seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. <laughs> yeah. Ah, damn. yeah, well, he does have testicular fortitude. He's a genetic jackhammer. I mean, you guys yeah. do know that's not how vaginas work. Huh? Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) So then, so yeah, so it seemed her friend, I would love to know who she emailed on the board. She emailed someone on the board of directors who was like, we need to look into this. I mean, it obviously wasn't Stephanie and it wasn't fucking Triple H or it could have been Nick Khan. Oh, you know, he could have been, he could have been really like that. Those Thanos memes, like collecting fucking (laughs) infinity stones. Well, yeah. Like I got Vince. He got enough. Oh my god. Yeah. So then it comes out after that that it had been at least four women. One of them was supposedly a manager, but I don't know what it meant by manager. That could have been like some kind of office manager or something. And then someone else was talent. And I have no idea who it is. And I don't I don't know how appropriate it is to speculate. Um I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but he paid a bunch of them off. Then Dude, like two weeks after that comes out, it comes out. Uh, Carissa, can you explain this? The money thing? Because I was like, I was like Michael Scott. I was like, when the story came out, I was like, explain it to me like I'm four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I've read fairly, like, 
Very little. So, I mean, I read that one article, um, so I can explain what that article said. I haven't looked at their books. Well, and you're, you're an accountant by trade. <laughs> yes. So, um, my understanding is everything that they filed was, like, seemed fine. And then what happened was when all of this stuff came out with Vince, um, they did, like, a self-audit. So, okay, well... First of all, if you're a publicly traded company, you have there's a ton of regulations you have to go through and you're audited essentially constantly. Um, so when all of this came out, they're doing like a self audit. Um, that's where all these papers are coming about at other um, like uh, accusations and everything. Um, and they found what at first now it's up to like nine. Almost twenty point six million. Almost twenty million dollars that essentially um, seems to have been sort of embezzled, and um, the way that they were saying it is um, the way you would get away with that. Let me tell you how to away with embezzlement. If anyone <laughs> wants to embezzle, you, you <laughs> spread notes. it out over quarters. So they basically do a quarterly audit, and so in each quarter the amount of money that was basically say it's categorized as miscellaneous you know so you don't really know what that was for but um it's called immaterial so everybody has a threshold of what you would investigate and however they were dividing up this money um it was decided it was immaterial but when they did this self-audit and they just like looked into it and they were like oh this is all in the same bucket over every quarter and now it's $20 million, and that is absolutely not immaterial. And so this is, I mean, you're talking about defrauding investors um, because they falsified their um, P&L, and they, they falsified their financial statements um, to their investors. Ouch. So they... Um, it's like as bad as of, of a thing as you can really do, right? It's really bad. Totally, so, I mean, yeah. especially since they were reporting, that, like, they're basically saying they made more money than they did. Yeah, I saw. I don't know if you guys saw, but Jericho said he thought Vince was going to slide on this because it's wrestling, and I was like, I think he's right because it was getting like almost no media attention. You know, it got like a story the day it came out, but nobody was talking about it. Like right. if Elon Musk messed around with a bunch of chicks, it would be a story for days. Well, he did. But no, I know, I but it wasn't only, really a big story. The only thing know? that may have deterred it. Or I mean, it was it was a big story. I'm sorry. I think uh, was it Shane McMahon left the company maybe. Uh, within the a week of this news break, so no, 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 no. Shane, Shane left, left after Shane left after the rumble. After the rumble, yeah, yeah, they fought. Gone. Shane got fired after the rumble. Yeah, he got fired. Yeah, because Shane. I thought that the was rumble. one of the factors. No, 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 no. He was like, gone he like was a week in, after it. Like he was trying no, to avoid you something. Might, we were speculating that that's why Stephanie left. Right, right. right. Cause, I cause, think you're thinking of uh, Stephanie, right, Mike? Because Triple H has his fucking cardiac event a year ago. She doesn't take any time off. He's better. He shows up at WrestleMania. He at least can travel. You know what I mean? You know he's somewhat healthy. And then suddenly, Stephanie, I need to take time off to be with my family. Yeah. Yeah. And then this comes out. And as soon as it comes out, she's the interim uh, CEO. CEO. And I was like, oh, my God. Stephanie split as soon as this investigation started. She didn't want to fucking yes. get dragged into it. So yep. that's why. She didn't quit because of Triple H. I think. Okay. Then I got that wrong. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. had that mixed up. So wrong offspring. Yeah. Yes. So I thought <laughs> yeah. it was. I thought he was going to get away with it because he didn't seem to. Because he, the story was he used his own personal money. 
So I was like, well, he didn't do anything illegal. He did some shit that's unethical, but he's the man. No, he didn't over there. do anything technically wrong. Right. right. He shouldn't he did a bunch of shit he shouldn't have done, yeah. but he didn't do anything actually illegal. So I yeah. thought he was gonna get away with it. Then, like she said, it comes out that he was embezzling the money. Yep. And Not it was bad. Which and is just like you're a motherfucking bitch. Like, pay her with your... Never mind. We'll get into Yeah, that. we'll get into that. Yeah. I was just... Yeah. When that came out, I was like, oh, no. Now he's fucking around with shareholders' money. Yeah. And yep. shareholders do not like that shit. Nope. So... No, that's the thing they like the least. And, yeah. And that's what happened to Vince. And he's gone yeah. now. And 53 years in wrestling, and he blew it up because he wanted to bang chicks at work. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Can you imagine that? Like, you have to, like, you can't, really? That became his next conquest. Let's see how many times I can do this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, I took over all these territories. And we take over these other territories. Yeah, exactly. Going in, like, to what happened after he left, like, in the last couple weeks, or is that just, like, a... I don't think we need to get into that. Everybody knows, you know, like... Well, um, not even specifics, but just, like, I mean, t like, just how... Triple H coming back and it's just like honestly, I feel just being like a fuck you to Vince a little bit. Well, like, okay, bring... today's the day, two days after Dexter Loomis came back. Yeah, yeah, he's bringing like, back he's just names like almost every telling show. Vince like you made so many mistakes in the last couple. Of shows, which, by the way, Karen yeah. Cross, a thousand a percent on Triple H size, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen Cross is back. Yeah, um, Dakota's back. EO got brought up to the main roster. Um, yeah, I think Lacey Evans is off TV. Cool. Yeah, almost he, is yeah, pretty he, much off TV for a while. Like these people that were kind of Vince pets, you know. Yeah. And we'll see what happens with Austin Theory. But honestly, WWE to me had grown really stagnant. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't oh, know I the haven't... last four years, maybe. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, I got... to where I lost interest. Me too. And I specifically, yeah. I kept telling Eddie, "It's Vince. It's all these Vince moves. I hate." these storylines i hate what he's doing with these people and like yeah, um it was so haphazard it as didn't soon make as a this lot of happened and i heard triple h was coming back i was like maybe i'll start watching again yeah yeah same, i think it truly is the old, breath of fresh air they needed the yeah. same old brock lesnar stuff yeah oh my i'm God. sure i'm oh, sure good. he's brock behind Lester's that but but yeah yeah, yeah. Hope, like we keep saying yeah, okay, supposedly there's a war between uh, WWE and AEW, and AEW seems to have the momentum. Something really, really big has to happen in WWE. Roman dominating for now 700 plus days is dominant, but that's not the factor. But maybe this is the one. So, yeah, yeah no, we're watching it Absolutely. unfold. And off to a hell of a start. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is it can case. only help. Right. And I mean, when Triple H was solely in charge of uh, NXT before Vince started getting involved because he wanted to compete with AEW, you know, NXT was the only thing anyone was talking about. Right. Because That's it was exactly so right. good. It was fresh. You know, like mm -hmm. he had new ideas. Um, and now that he's running creative, I'm excited again. And a lot of the old you know? territories struggled toward the end because of that, because they were out of ideas. Vern was like, what, 90, you know, in the 80s? <laughs> Roughly, Something like yeah. that. Um, Shire said in an interview when his territory was falling apart that he was, he actually said in an interview, I'm out of ideas. Yeah. You know, that's what happened. That was the death of a lot of those old yeah, territories. Like I'm out of ideas, but you're not going to hire someone or bring someone in with new ideas? Well, that's what I, I thought Vince should have gone years ago. 
Yeah, like I really Agreed. like I've I've said this a million times, not on this podcast, but to Eddie. Right, right. Yeah. And that's 2015, he, 2016 NXT. It seemed to me like if you ever went to a live NXT show, Eddie, which you and I did, you know, oh, Adam, fucking Marissa, awesome. It, it, the fans were yeah. passionate. You yeah. weren't oh, just yeah. watching a show and clapping and cheering. You were invested in the characters. You were passionate about the product. Whereas the main roster fans were just kind of clapping and cheering. Nobody, I feel anyway, was super passionate. I'm hoping with Triple H's creative and Triple H's booking, he mm-hmm. can get the fans passionate about the product again, like he was able to do with NXT in 15 and 16. Totally, totally. And I think there's a good shot at that. And I'm excited about it. I mean, look, I, I haven't watched for at least a year, yeah, I'm maybe saying, more. Yeah. Key- and I'm like, I think I'm going to start watching again. Yep. Yeah. The, so the key difference before. is that Triple H, like maybe Vince didn't wrestle as much in in the middle of his business prospects, but Triple H does have that in ring experience that he knows what needs to be invested. So that's that's yeah. true. Yeah, and, different exactly. viewpoint for sure. Mm-hmm. And right. I think he's also a different generation. You know, even in XT, he was like his, his entire thing is we need to push the women. We need to push the women. And um, I mean, that's not the only thing he's done, but he's I mean, Vince is old as fuck, you guys like he just has his old school mentality. He won't push smaller guys because he doesn't think they'll be the face of the company, which is asinine, Um, you know, so it's just it's time for new blood. And I think Triple H is going to bring it. Yeah. And look, Triple H is on the job two and a half weeks. He already has a deal in place to bring Naomi and Sasha back. Supposedly. Is that true? Supposedly. We don't Supposedly, know. Supposedly, we'll yeah, but, but God willing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, all of a sudden there's a tag team I mean, women's tournament. Like, right. of course they're going to show up in the final match and it's going to be like a whole Sean and Razor thing with I the IC belt. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. I don't doubt yes. at all that he yeah. reached out to them yeah. based on everything else that he's Absolutely, done. yeah. So yeah. before we close this out, um, Carissa was going to put together a list of scenarios that Vince could have, options for Vince if he needed to get laid. <laughs> That would have been today or way back there. No, no. like any time. Things he could have oh, done that, that <laughs> well, would have been so, preferable. Okay, we established he saw this chick in his building and was like, you like to fuck. I like to fuck. Oh, are, are you getting into your scenarios? No, no, no. Okay. Um, Let's um come work for me. Like, let's leave out the last part. Like, we could have left out. You're getting into your scenarios. Okay. Oh, I had music. Oh. Well. Wait, this another anti- technical difficulty? Are you? Yeah. This is anticlimactic. Oh, there it is. Okay, this is her. her this is her segment. So she has her own music bed. Hit her music. There you go. Oh, was that it? That's your music. Oh, okay. Um, and this is not. Please jump in. Um, so he talked about what happened. He knew this chick. He hired her for God knows why. Um, <laughs> the left one and the right one. He just wanted to fuck her. Like, why bring business into this, right? So um, I have some suggestions. Also, we have not seen her. You know, she's, um, which is good for her. She's under the radar. But how hot could she be? Like, he's like, oh, my God, I need to you to work with me and, like, be here every day. Like, was she Kate Beckinsale? No, because nobody's Kate Beckinsale. Well, like, except I ass- except I also, Elizabeth Hurley. I assume. <laughs> <laughs> Also, based on his like track record, I'm assuming like she's a subpar blonde chick. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, like there's a million of those. You know, like he, he could. So we're talking about like somewhere between like Linda McMahon and Trish Stratus. 
Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Somewhere in there. Or like based on like um, the hires he's made, like uh, Stacey Keebler or uh, Lacey yeah, Evans. Yeah, Tori Wilson. You know, the yeah. ones that he thinks are so hot. Like I feel yeah. like I have a general idea of what this chick looks like. Uh, Brooke Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it may have actually been Brooke Hogan. <laughs> I'm god, so mad that Eddie's not here to witness Brooke this. What if it was Brooke Hogan? <laughs> <laughs> Eddie was peeing. He didn't hear that. <laughs> Scott said, or she looked like Brooke Hogan. He said, what if it was Brooke Brooke Hogan. Brooke Hogan didn't go to legal school. Yeah. <laughs> legal school. Oh, she might have gone to legal school. Like, I mean, I can imagine there's some online things some called legal school. She might have gone to llama school. Yeah. Llama. How do you get there, Eddie? You take Pico down to Colorado. <laughs> and take Colorado to Las Palmas. To Las Palmas. You guys, anyone who knows that song is awesome. <laughs> Legalschool.com right. is oh, available. The domain's available. <laughs> Legalschool.com. <Yeah. laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay, so I want to preface this by saying I feel like it's pretty clear, like, understood him and Linda had some kind of understanding. Like, they were separated. He could have done whatever he wanted. I can't begin to understand why they're still married, but whatever. Maybe they're old school. It seems like he could have just got away with anything. He could have... Still been on paper married to Linda, um, fucking whoever he wanted, and running WWE. Yeah, why wasn't he just holding like orgy but parties he, at his house like a normal person? Right, like he had. Like, to why do you have to take it to work? What the hell? So yeah, my, so I have some suggestions of ways that he could go. So like, literally, Vince, if you're listening, pay attention. <laughs> so literally, like, just fuck her. Like, I mean, why do you have to hire her? You know, like. Even if it's not that chick, I'm sure you could have got a reasonably hot chick. Um, you're Vince fucking McMahon. He's a big star. Even if you're not going to pay anybody, like, just the idea of maybe you, you could be a sugar daddy. Like, you could get a ton of young, hot chicks to fuck you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the simplest one, I feel. Yeah, it did not to be, need to be taken to work. No. Yeah. None, and all, by the way, all of these are completely not involving work or work money. That's so, the big one, the work money. You know, <laughs> so that would have been free um, if he wanted to pay. And this would have been my call. This is what I would do. I, I hope this list gets better because I could have come up with that one. This is what I would have done if I was Vince. Um, high price call girl. Their job is literally two things to be amazing at sex and shut the fuck up. So if you're looking for some more discretion, like maybe you don't want to fuck somebody at a bar or whatever, or in your condo building, um, get a high price call girl. Yeah, there are a million, you know there are a million celebrities who do that. Yeah. Okay, hold on, I'm, take, I'm taking notes. And they're- Lin no, Lin Lindsey Graham for one. And okay. the high price ones, that is their entire job is to discretion. Yeah. And again, yeah. I mean, Okay, so now we're getting into money's exchange. Tiger Woods chicks didn't say anything until it came out. Right. You know, they they they, they didn't drop a dime. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, by the way, like the base, I don't know that I have to say this, but um, pay out of your pocket. Don't right. pay yep. out of the company payroll, and definitely don't hire these unqualified people <laughs> and to and then pay them. Look, can I qualify that pay out of pocket thing? 
if you're the owner of a uh, huge company like that, pay out pay out of pocket. If you run a deli, you might have to take some money out of the drawer. I get it. This is a publicly traded company. Like, right. To give, okay, we all know how big, giant, billion dollar publicly traded companies work. Give yourself a $30 million bonus and then pay for right. all your fucking hookers with that. Like, nobody would question that. Like, do you know how big bonuses people get? Instead, he's embezzling, he's embezzling Twenty million, like that's not even that much. It's really even, pathetic. I hadn't thought about it that way. That's it's a, you know, like and he, he could, could have still brought her to the office and banged her on a desk. I like, guarantee you, he could have legally given himself a bigger bonus than the money that we have found out that he's like embezzled. And this is why I had the accountant sit in. <laughs> so, <laughs> as smart as Vince is, so that would have really been my that call. Up. That's <laughs> what I would have done. I would have gone with high price call girl. Now, let's say you want to pretend you're not paying for sex, which I feel like is what he kind of did. Like, oh, I'm going to hire her and then I'm going to give her some money. But like, we're not, it's not an actual business exchange. Get a fucking mistress. Dude, like set her up in an apartment, give her money every month, pay again out of pocket. Don't run this shit through the company payroll. That's like, what Henry Hill did. Yes, exactly. Well, they, he didn't technically have a company to. Well, no, but he paid. He got her an apartment. No. Can you give me that bottle, Jameson? Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> give me the strong shit. Spoken like a true champion. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So now you're like deciding you're paying. I would get a mattress. Okay, fine. Eddie pointed out. Maybe he liked having her like on hand in the office and he wanted to be more discreet than just having like a mistress come in every day. I said, okay, well, what the fuck? Like do the same thing. Have a mistress, call her your masseuse and say you need a massage every day at 2 p.m. when you just need your fucking dick sucked and like have her come in and out because it sounds like the other chick wasn't even being super discreet. No, not at all. She was you know? laughing. And it's not like he was in love with this chick. I mean, it sounds like you passed her off to Laurenitis, which you <laughs> don't do that with someone you're in love with. You don't even do that with someone you respect. Well, the Bellas did that with their mom. What? Ugh. That's not wow. even. Wow, and Eddie's never passed me to Adam. <laughs> he doesn't love you. I guess not. <laughs> did you get past to John Laurenitis? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you have a fully possible. No, <laughs> so, I mean, there's a million ways that if he just, because I mean, I, okay, he never leaves the office. We established earlier he's a workaholic. Yeah. You need your pussy to be in house. So, like, bring her in as a completely, like, <laughs> Chris has created so many sound bites just in this one segment. Yep. Bring her in as a totally other personal contractor. Like, I mean, masseuse was just the first thing that came in my head. Like, you could have a mil- like, physical therapist. You know, I mean, like, there's... 
I'm sure if you desperately needed to get laid, you could figure something out. Personal trainer. Yeah. You know, like, oh, she's going to be in my office from two to three, three times a week. Training me. Training me. Like, nobody gives a fuck. You think everybody, anybody in that company is going to mess with Vince? Right. Yep. You know, so. They just won't want to sit on the couch. <laughs> right. <laughs> Plumbing Let's has to be done I'm in this building. He doesn't and have some I'm giving secret? women an opportunity for plumbing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he, or maybe this just hasn't come out yet. Who had this? Some talk show host had some secret room with a bed. That might have been Roger Ailes. I can't remember. But um, Vince. I mean, he just, he should, if, if that's what he wants to do. Have like a Murphy should bed? have some fucking like secret door that you like have to push something. Well, Murphy like, bed is very, very Irish. No, not, not a Murphy bed. It's like a secret yeah. door in the wall. And then you go through and it's like a bedroom and there's like mirrors on the ceiling. Maybe and if like you pull, a, pull down the dinosaur's jaw, that releases yes. a secret door. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You, tick, you tickle the, tine, the dinosaur's taint. You press dusty splotch on the statue, a fucking bed falls out of the wall. The <laughs> Dusty's downstairs, dude. Have oh, you I'm ever sorry. seen that episode of The Simpsons where the mayor's wife like pushes something she thinks something's gonna happen, and like a disco ball comes down, and it's like it's like turns into a sex palace. I have that. that <laughs> yeah. Might, yeah. That's our, our bed. You're talking about our bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's uh, every time he had to make a decision based on getting laid, he made the wrong one. Right. Yeah, like it was, were, you know, there's like a million forks in the road and like he took the wrong one every time. Yeah. You gotta think Vince has an assistant, right? Or had an assistant? I, I mean, yeah, you would to. think. Wouldn't said assistant be like, you know, Maybe you want to rethink this one, or just if he has so many yes men around him. Well, yeah, no, but this maybe is a the unless was said assistant yes was man. hired for wrong reasons. He wasn't telling the assistant; <laughs> he was telling Laurenitis and fucking Pritchard. Yeah. Ugh. You know, yes I mean, man. those were. Doing the, he's probably telling Linda too. Linda, guess what? Fuck. Her. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, get get, done. get up here with the cameras, damn it! Yeah. Have fun in Palm Beach. Yeah, and originally. <laughs> have fun I... with Buff Bagwell. <laughs> Originally, I was, I think, more upset with them. Well, because it's a, as far as we know, consensual relationship. But I thought she was an employee, which is just like a Clinton Lewinsky thing. Like, yeah, it was yeah. consensual, but there's a power dynamic there that can there ever be real consent? It's, I don't have the answer. It's a lot of questions. But when I found out that he hired her, yeah. you know, like, that, that's completely that different. Absolutely. Yeah. And he hired yeah. her for an asinine salary and then doubled her salary and yeah. then paid her, like, $2 million. Like, I mean, way to go, three, three whoever this chick is, you know? Yeah, good for her. But, yeah, she cashed in. Yeah. Yeah, she, and she, she and she, she cashed in and she destroyed an icon. Yeah. I mean, like, and please, she did not destroy an icon. He destroyed himself. Yeah. Vince screwed Vince. Vince Vince screwed screwed Vince. Vince. She probably bought a house in Greenwich. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she lives near the Mean Street Posse. (laughs) (laughs) She's Pete Gass's neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we pretty much covered Vince. Yeah. Yeah, this went way longer than I thought it was going to go. 
Um, but, you know, we were going to do two episodes tonight. We decided only to do the one because of our earlier issues. Um, so we just kind of let it go. Dude, I had so many notes that I didn't get to. And well, I the best losing. part is, is we've covered, like, his entire banging history, pretty much. We didn't even talk about fucking WrestleMania. Or, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Like, what a drunk thing to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. This fucking show, dude. Yeah, well, we didn't get into Sable, so I don't think we covered his entire We didn't get history. into, like, in-ring in ring stuff. Yeah. And no, no that's all, not yeah. what we're here to do. Yeah. Yeah, we're here to pick the weeds, not the flowers. <laughs> 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 well said well thank you I think we're ready, ready to take this home Adam please let anything Carissa said today be the preview uh, clip for the episode <laughs> I have one in mind what did I say I, don't worry about it <laughs> so many things you had the best words <laughs> <laughs> we hope you all learned something uh uh, from this episode if you become a billionaire hopefully you don't do these things or if you no, do I've, these I've things take Carissa's advice given you steps to not fuck up if you're a billionaire <laughs> right fall, yeah right take notes on this episode <laughs> yeah, this is better than rich dad poor dad listen to Carissa <laughs> <laughs> that's solid life advice <laughs> we hope you all enjoy this please if there's anything that you would like to share that hasn't been in the news already, or maybe you just want to share your opinions of things that have been uh, uh, coming up in the news, and maybe uh, by the time this airs, more things will come out, please share your thoughts. Let us know on the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. Please tell your family, friends, heels, and faces to like, share, and subscribe to our show. So, on behalf of Eddie and Scott and our lovely accountant among us, Carissa, <laughs> putting you. away Jameson like it's water. You... That's not fair. Well, she only drank a half pint. That's a, like a, a great straight up drink compared to compared to us. But uh, Well, we've established you're all pussies. Well, not Adam. <laughs> I, I just want to eat, so... <laughs> Chris is our champion. I'm Adam reminding all of you to enjoy your buzz. Uh, watch wrestling responsibly. Drink like nobody's watching. And we will see you all next time for another great episode. One, two, three. Yeah! Fire! <laughs> <laughs>
Wipe that fucking smile off your face, Holmes.